The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Keith and Mary, Woo! <laughs> where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. I am Kisa Amaro, and with me, as always, is Mary Preston. Mary, tell us a bit about yourself before we get deeper in today's, into today's topic. Sure. First, can I just shout out that we just used our, uh, our new podcast name for the first time. If you caught it, you're listening very well. <laughs> just very exciting. We've had very this exciting. going for months and months. <laughs> we're trying it on. So tell us if you and like we, it. We, yeah, we figured... The Real Life Wellness Podcast with Kisa and Mary. <laughs> we figured since we were on episode nine that we should probably have a name. So, it's time. So anywho, about me, let me tell you about me. I'm Mary Preston, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a life coach, and I work with both uh, clients in person out here in Fort Collins, Colorado, as well as clients online. And I have a program that helps mental health professionals get control of their drinking and emotional eating. Uh, I've found over time that helping mental or helping professionals often can't or don't get the help they need, and I want to focus my work on us. So my 2018 goal, I'm helping 200 mental health professionals feel like they're back in control of their food and alcohol intake, and my six-session program guides you through discovering why your drinking or eating feels out of control, teaches you how to be in charge of what you put into your body. If you want to get a, f a feel for what life can be like without alcohol, I'm also starting my next free seven-day challenge on May 1st. And in that challenge, I'll share all the tools and techniques you need to get the benefits of cutting down your drinking for free. So join me. I will share that in the notes. Awesome, Mary. So tell us about you, Kisa. <laughs> I'm Kisa Amaro. I am a certified integrative nutrition coach, and I work with mamas to help them lose weight and gain energy to keep up with their little ones by stop dieting and start eating foods that work for them, as well as going beyond the nutrition to help them create a healthy relationship with food and themselves. I see clients one-on-one -on -one to give individualized support to help them reach their health and weight goals. And I'm currently working with local businesses on Guam through corporate wellness coaching. You can follow me on Instagram at clean living underscore dirty world or Facebook at Kisa Morrow health coach to get meal inspirations and head on over to my website at Kisa and check it out. Um, while you're there, you can sign up for a free gift from me. Sweet. You better head over there. I've been on that site. Yeah. It's, it's new and it's great. Yeah, thanks Mary. All right. So Kisa on to our topic of the day, which is, I love this saying no. So if you yourself out there have ever said these things to yourself, I feel overwhelmed by my crazy schedule. I never have time for myself. I'm always so drained at the end of the day. I'm overworked. I'm always so tired. Then you probably have a difficult time saying no to people. So Kisa, tell us why is it so hard to say no to people? <laughs> That's why? a great question, Mary. Why is it so hard? Because um, I myself have a very difficult time saying no to people. My daughter, on the other hand, she loves to say no, and she will say no to everything. Yes. She is our you master. Know. Yeah, she is. <laughs> we'll learn from her. Uh, but I know in my own experience that I have said yes to a lot of things because I do not want to make any waves or create any conflict. Um, I hate conflict. I hate confrontation. Um, I don't, I don't like to see people upset and I never learned how to handle conflict or confrontation in my life, especially when I was younger. And therefore it has always just been easier to say yes to things than to say no. Yep. Um, even when it is things that are expected of me, meaning that, um, I've always done them. 
So it is expected by other people that I will do them. Uh, for example, uh, when I, I meal plan and shop and make dinner for my family, my husband and I started dating when I was comfortable in my healthy eating and somewhat strong-willed about it. And um, I would introduce him to healthy meals and he ate them up with a smile on his face. And because after all, you know, a uh, way to a man's heart is through his stomach, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I like truly believed that. Um, but, and the, you know, the thing is, is I loved, I loved doing it. You know, like I said, I was comfortable with, you know, what I was eating and I loved meal planning and grocery shopping and cooking. I loved all that. Right. So it was no big deal um, when you were doing it. Was it was no big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And well, we fell into the habit of me doing everything around food. So planning, grocery shopping and cooking. Now before kids, we um, often would help kind of chop and um, kind of like a sous chef. He would like assist me in the kitchen and prepare food. But once we had our daughter, life as we knew it changed. So I no longer had any free time. And the free time I did have, I had a little desire to spend on making food every single night. Right. Um, You know, truthfully, I was exhausted (laughs) by the end of the day. Um, And cooking became more of an obligation than a pastime I enjoyed. Uh, my husband also started a new job and it was much more demanding of his time. So he was working longer hours and had less time to help out at home as well. But all of the cooking responsibilities were defaulted to me because I had always done them. It was just kind of right. like a uh, just habit. Just what you guys habit. always did. Yeah. Thanks. Habit. That's the word. <laughs> You're welcome. And I also, you know, I had enjoyed doing them. So now I was working, taking care of my daughter and scheduling babysitters, activities, and clients. I kept on taking care of all of the food responsibilities, even though I didn't necessarily want to be in charge of all of them. And I was feeling stressed just because I didn't want to cause any conflict and I didn't want to make waves. I didn't really say anything. So. I was essentially people-pleasing, making my husband happy because he didn't have to worry about dinner. But in turn, I was starting to hate meal planning and cooking. And in short, I was lying to my husband. So I knew something had to change. Um, I had to say no to cooking every single night. And I knew this wasn't going to be easy for me, but it's what would you know what I had to do and I knew that I would be better off in the long run and it would be better for me better for my husband and better for my daughter yeah so the first thing I did was I asked my husband to start making requests of what he wants to eat and so I have on the uh, fridge I have like a little magnetic notepad and he can write whatever he wants on there or um, meal ideas. So that way, when I go to meal plan, I have I, I just look at the list and like grab like three or four ideas from there. Nice. And so it then, takes some of that planning out. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, we'll have meatloaf and mm-hmm. he wants this kind of steak or, you know, whatever he wants. He wants uh, fajitas. Okay. So that way I don't even have to think about like, oh, what are we going to have? Because sometimes that's just like daunting. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think people who don't do the cooking understand how much effort that takes to, like, come up with the meal. (laughs) Yeah, just the idea of the meal, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, people listening probably understand. I know they're nodding. Like, that is is such a help when you just know already. Yeah. Yeah. So then I asked him to start being responsible for meals a couple nights a week. And with a little hesitation and in-depth conversation of how I was feeling. So we, you know, pretty much like sat down and had a conversation. I wasn't like, Hey, you need to do this. But we like sat down, like, this is how I'm feeling, feeling um, stressed. And it's just not as fun for me anymore. And I would love for you to help uh, a couple nights a week and be responsible for um, dinner. 
And so we kind of problem solved through that, you know, like, okay, well, what days would work best for you? Um, and, you know, he agreed to uh, cook twice a week and we have specific days that he's uh, going to be cooking. Sweet. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, he's just responsible for leftovers, but hey, yeah, it's just, it's just something I just don't have to, I don't have to think about what are we having for dinner on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Thursdays? So I don't have to think about like, okay, I need to meal prep this or I need to get this ready or blah, 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 blah. It's like twice a week. I just don't have to think about the food. Um, and so it was, you know, kind of, you know, this responsibility was taken off of my back and put onto somebody else's back. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. Right. We just, we don't, we yeah. don't stop to say no. Like I, they just expected the dinner's ready and you'd be like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I think you went about it in a very nice way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if worse came to worse, you know, I'd be like, well, I'm not cooking twice a week, so you can figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you hadn't been able to problem solve standing up. Yeah. Like, all right, then I don't know what happens Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. I don't know. What will, what will we do for dinner? I don't know. Maybe we'll just go to bed early. (laughs) That'd be nice too. (laughs) So, and then finally, the last thing, I started picking up food once a week, and this has made planning and cooking easier as well, too. So, um, we have a couple a couple places that um, we like to eat out at, so mm-hmm. just picking up food. We have this uh, pizza, this pizza place, which I don't always eat pizza, so they also have, a, like, a build-your-own salad, so... You know, I can go in. It's kind of like a build-your-own-pizza place. Um, so I can get a pizza for Austin and then a salad for me. So, right, so it just works salad. perfectly. Good. So, so now I enjoy cooking the meals that I do cook mm-hmm. um, because it's not as often and it feels like fun again versus feeling like an obligation that I have to do. Yeah. Um, another reason it is difficult to say no to people and obligations is because we – don't want to hurt other people's feelings. And this is highly evident in clients I work with when it comes to food. They feel obligated to eat what other, um, another person offers them. If, so if they're at a gathering where there's a lot of food, most of uh, it being food that they don't want to eat or you know, they want to stay away from, or maybe they're just not even hungry. You know, they feel obligated to eat to please the host or the person who brought the food. Or you know, auntie comes over and it's like, "Oh, did you try my uh, chocolate cake? I made it just oh, for you." You know, just for you. like, uh, like how do, how do you say no? You know, <laughs> I, I hear that it's tough. So you know, I have clients who feel obligated to eat what you know maybe their mother cooked for them or the cake that somebody brought for their birthday. Um, so realize that you are not responsible for how other people feel. And if you say, oh, no, thanks, you know, let them feel if they're going to feel upset or disappointed, then let them feel upset or disappointed. Yeah, just let the, you know, let the person be upset. And um, they're mature adults and they can feel whatever they want. And it is not your responsibility to make them happy. Mm, we'll come back to that again for sure. Yeah. Other people feel anything. Yeah. So I like you've got kind of two different examples because sometimes saying no is obvious, right? So like auntie hands you, hands you a dish and says, please, I have some, I made it just for you. And in that one, you <laughs> specifically are saying, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then in your other example, it's just one of those things where we haven't said no over time. It's just become a habit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like somebody asks you to make dinner and you say no, but it's like, okay, I notice that I've been saying yes for so long. Yeah. That I need yeah. to kind of figure out a, and problem solve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Mary, what are your experiences with saying no? Well, I've had a lot of similar experience with my husband and cooking, you know, very, I just made dinner every night for forever and then got really resentful when he didn't just know that it, he should do it. And, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of us can relate to that. We just get into the habit yeah. of doing one, like there's probably, it might not be cooking in your household, you know, it might be dishes or the vacuuming or, and we just get into the habit of it and it's no longer a question of, will you do it? Right. 
And I think a lot of us can relate to that. And yeah. uh, we talked a lot about that in podcast episode number four, and we go into a lot of details about about our partners, our partners <laughs> in foods. Um, so I'll add that a place we often have difficulty saying no, and I have a lot of difficulty saying no is usually more in the workplace for me. So when it comes to my bosses, my clients, my coworkers, I am constantly working on this skill. Um, I'm much better at it now. I actually, I've been doing, like I've been practicing a lot. So I say no to a lot of things, but where I still get kind of caught up is, uh, and this one happens all the time. And actually when I was thinking about this podcast, uh, somebody texted me and asked this. So they Mm -hmm. asked for a session time that I don't offer. Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh, you know, I know you don't see people this late, but we really need to come and we're having such a hard time. And, and I just, I don't want to disappoint them. And so I end up offering, you know, I have like 6 PM clients most nights of the week. And I made a commitment not to do that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time saying no, especially when I think the other person is like in, they need me. They need me. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me feel wanted and needed and Mm -hmm. I don't want to disappoint them. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, for me, like when we talk about what I don't want the other person to feel for me, it usually boils down to not wanting people to be disappointed. I spent a lot of time in my childhood making sure nobody was disappointed. And it is still the emotion that I try to avoid at all costs. And I try to catch myself when I'm doing that. Um, So there's a lot of reasons why we might have difficulty saying no. And, you know, here's just a few of them, right? We talked about before we get in the habit and teach other people that we are a yes person and maybe not in general, but sometimes it's just for a specific activity. Mm -hmm. Um, Often saying yes and making, and I put quotes, quote unquote, making another person feel good makes us feel good. So if I can, you know, if my husband's irritated and he wants something and I say yes, and it makes him feel good, then I feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we believe we have to, and sometimes it's just easier to say yes or to agree than to see another person upset. A lot of times we believe that other people should only have positive emotions. It's not true. <laughs> um, we prioritize. I know it's really okay. It's okay for them to have negative emotions. Um, we prioritize other people's lives above ours. I know a lot of people, I, I used to do that a lot. Um, their, their wants and needs are more important than mine. Um, a lot of times we just don't know how to say no. Um, we think they won't understand why I'm saying no. And I'm going to talk about this one in a little bit more detail, but I have this theory I've discovered that we are taught in kindergarten to caretake other people's emotions and become people pleasers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is one that you should all listen to because I think we feel really guilty about being like people pleasers and saying yes all the time. And, but I think there's a big reason that we all have, well, not all of us. Some people are very good at no. Keisa's daughter. Yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> she's, she is excellent. She's practicing. She's getting very good. Um, but I think there's a reason. Um, I've worked at a lot of schools over the years and I noticed a trend with how do we talk to our kids? Um, so if you can imagine, and this is something that happens all the time, this scenario, right? Imagine one child is playing with a car Another child comes over and says, hey, that's a cool car. Can I play with it? And the first child says, no, I'm playing with it. And then the second child begins to cry, so upset that the first child didn't want to share. Right? I'm sure anybody who has been around children has seen this. But here's where you know we start to teach them different lessons. right? So bring on the adults. Somebody's crying. <laughs> Here's where a lot of well-meaning people teach long-lasting, unfortunate beliefs that, you know, I'm still trying to get rid of on my own. So the adult usually comes over, teaches child number one about sharing. So you like, you need to share, honey, take turns, work together. See, you've made Ricky sad. So say you're sorry and give him the car. I have seen that a thousand times. Mm -hmm. And I understand that sharing is a great lesson. Like, believe me, I, I think sharing's fantastic feels really mm-hmm. good to be able to work together with other people, to share what we have, to be generous. Um, but not all situations should be handled in that way. And this is definitely a situation I remember being in myself, right? So on the one hand, we're taught about sharing, which is good. 
But here's some other lessons that we pick up from this exchange, right? We learned that what I want is not important. We learned that I am responsible for Ricky's feelings. We learned that if someone wants something that I have, I have to hand it over. And I start to feel bad if something I do, quote unquote, makes someone feel bad, sad, or disappointed. Um, we also learn that Ricky's disappointment is wrong. We need to fix it immediately. We have mm-hmm. to stop him from feeling sad. We can t- begin to believe that if someone has a negative emotion, it needs fixing. And so there might be some of you out there who recognize, right, we get really good at making sure other people are not sad or disappointed or frustrated or irritated in the first place. We're very good at it. hmm Right. So I learned that if I wanted that car, it doesn't matter. I don't get to say no. If I really want it, I have to have a really good excuse, but usually the excuse isn't good enough anyway. Right. We've still caused someone disappointment. And then if you look at this other example, right, what happens if an adult, especially a teacher, asks a student to do something and the child says no? All hell breaks loose. Right. Because saying no to a teacher or a parent is always the wrong decision. (laughs) Always. Never. You don't get to say no to me. Um, And I understand that we can't have the kids telling the teacher no all the time because they need to have order in order to teach. But here's what we learn. We learn we can't say no. And then if we do, we have caused the teacher anger or again, disappointment. And I remember always being responsible from some, for someone's disappointment, my mom or one of my teachers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause and let everyone know that there's some fabulous construction happening. This is a bathroom that is being made glorious. <laughs> okay. So all, Sorry. Just, no. He said, don't you apologize. This is life. We have, we have life happening. Construction is happening. And I just wanted them to know what's happening. There is not, there is not a dinosaur. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it will, yeah, no. Oh, Thank sorry. you, Mary. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't want the people to be concerned. We're all safe. We're all safe. Okay. Just construction. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, literally as far, well, pretty much as far as I can get away from it, but. Yeah, it's life, Mary. It's still, still a little noise. <laughs> no um, so we learn early on that we need to keep other people happy and we become people pleasers. That's, that's my point here. We learned it really yeah. early on, right? And Keys, yeah. I know we both shared with each other about our experiences with being people pleasers. Um, we're going to share a little bit. Keys is going to start us off with a little bit more about people pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I touched on people pleasing when I was talking about cooking for my husband, um, but I wanted to get a little more specific about it. People pleasing is doing something to get other people's approval. Mm-hmm. You may want another person to like you or think highly of you, but when we are people pleasing, we are not being true to ourselves and we are not being authentic and we are in fact lying to other people. Lying. Lying. So, you know, like for instance, my husband, like he had no clue that I wasn't happy making dinner yeah. every night of the week. He thought I loved it. He thought mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but he didn't know until I actually sat down and told him because <laughs> men like men, they don't, they don't read minds. So you have to actually tell them things. Yeah, um, you can't true. be, pass- you can't be passive aggressive about it either. They don't get that. Yeah. Just like all. straight, straight at all. Yeah. You just got to straight up tell them like, Hey, I don't like making dinner every night. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? <laughs> um, so yeah, you may, you may think that you're just being nice to others, but you really aren't. Um, and for me, I think I had difficult time asking my husband to help with dinner because I liked his comments about my cooking as well. Um, for the most part, he likes my cooking and he'll, you know, be like, Hey, dinner's delicious tonight. Mm-hmm. And part of me loves that. And I, I love getting complimented on my cooking. Um, However, the compliments are not worth the stress of cooking six to seven nights a week on top of all my other duties. And I was also scared of, you know, the waves that it would cause because I knew he wouldn't be like, yes, I'd love to cook dinner twice, you know, twice a week. You know, I knew that wasn't going to (laughs) happen because we had a system going, uh, going on and it was working perfectly for Mm -hmm. him. You know, he had to do nothing around meals. 
Right. And it just showed up. It just showed up. It was just on the table. Um, and I didn't want to mess with that, mess yeah. with that, even though it meant sacrificing my needs in order to keep them happy. Um, and I know that no can feel like a confrontation that can potentially threaten a relationship. Um, as a people pleaser, I hated the thought of making waves and hurting someone else's feelings. And I found this especially true at work. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people can relate to this at work. Um, yeah. I would do whatever was asked of me or what I was voluntold, we call it voluntold, <laughs> um, because I didn't want to upset anyone, nor did I want to make waves. Yeah. And Kisa was a teacher. And yeah. all, all those teachers out there know. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get asked a, a lot of you as a teacher. Mm -hmm. You take um, on a lot. Yeah. And this, you know, just ended up with me feeling overworked and underappreciated in my job. And I wanted people to like me and I didn't want people to be upset if I said no or if I right. felt that I didn't have a good enough excuse for saying no which you don't need any excuse to say no turns out yes um, I thought you did thought it had to be like you know my auntie's in the hospital or <laughs> Always. you know it's like hospital or I'm vomiting or you know like right something crazy so um, yeah, you can just say no or no thanks and leave it at that. So good. And then people pleasing can also show up in eating. This happens when you eat something you don't really want to in order to not hurt, hurt someone else's feelings. So like I mentioned this a little bit above, you know, in, uh, or before with my clients, um, and they felt, you know, they felt obligated to eat when at another person's gathering and they really didn't want to eat the food, but they felt that they would hurt someone else's feelings. And if they didn't eat the food, that the um, they would hurt somebody else's feelings. And this is people pleasing. It is. <laughs> and I know it's hard. I mean, I I personally have never like. It's kind of weird. Like I think just because I'm so strong willed about my food, that I've always been kind of able to say no or no thanks. Uh, but it is. I am um, not so I, a lot of people struggle with it. Yeah. So I used to work Very in school difficult. as well. And there's always somebody would always bring something like homemade cookies, cake, mm -hmm. they'd, bring it, they'd, hand, they'd bring it to me in the office. Mm -hmm. And I would feel so guilty if I didn't eat it. And I would literally, I would be like, Oh, thank you so much. And then I would like put it in my trash can and I'd hide it. So they didn't know. <laughs> I didn't eat it. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd hide it away. I'd be like, oh, thank you. I don't, because I didn't want to hurt their feelings, but then I'd hide it. Yeah. 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 That's, it's so true. Yeah. Same with like being a teacher, you know, you always have kids having birthdays yeah. and then like, not just your students, but like students from other classrooms. Cause like we had like four fifth grade classrooms. So mm -hmm. they would bring you a cupcake. So it'd be like, I swear like once a week. And then finally, like, I remember just one year at the beginning of the year, I was like, I don't eat sugar, so don't offer me any. Nice. <laughs> I basically just made a blanket statement, you know, like, you know, I, I know that you guys bring cupcakes for birthdays or snacks for birthdays, but I don't eat sugar. So I want to wish you a happy birthday, but you don't need to give me a cupcake. Good and so that, that like, you know, dropped it down a lot because I was, I was doing the same thing. I was just, you know, like, Oh, thank you. And then I would just wait till school was dismissed and everybody was out. And then I just throw it away. <laughs> Clear out the cupcake drawer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so Mary, do you have anything to add about people pleasing? I sure do. Uh, yeah. I got a lot Give it to us. I got a lot of experience being a people pleaser in my life. Um, <laughs> I'm really good at reading other people's emotions and good at knowing what behaviors would result in negative emotions in others. Um, and I think a lot of people out there get this, right? We're, we're, really, we're really in tune with other people. And because mm -hmm. I had this belief that other people shouldn't feel negative emotions, I got really good at fixing it. Um, okay. So I became a listener, a peacekeeper. You know, really awesome when there's a fight going on between two people because I can usually calm everyone down, right? I think there's a lot of us out there where it's, you know, an empath. I know that that word gets thrown around a lot, but really like um, we're just really in tune with other people's emotions. 
Um, just like sensitive people, a lot of introverts are really empathic. You know, we we just, Mm -hmm. we know what other people are feeling. Um, but what comes with that is often we have a tendency to take on the other person's emotions. So when they feel bad, we tend to feel bad and we try to make them feel good so we can feel good. And Mm -hmm. we we avoid like at all costs making other people feel bad because we have like, we, we just ride other people's emotions. Um, So one big reason, obviously, I became a therapist. I'm really good at listening to others and pinpointing how they're feeling, helping them feel better. Um, But for the longest time, I really thought that what therapy was about was taking away those negative emotions. But this belief that other people shouldn't feel negative emotions, uh, avoiding conflict, led me to agree to and do a lot of things in my life that I wouldn't have if I was following my own path. So just doing more than my share of work in group projects at school and work, like taking on more work than my salary paid for in multiple mm-hmm. jobs over the years, saying yes to parties or events I didn't want to go to, eating birthday cake at parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about eating something my coworker made for us at work, um, making dinner every night for many years. Uh, this one, not taking vacations from Hawaii on my own because, and I, this was kind of all made up in my head, but that my husband was going to be frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then also having alcoholic drinks when I wasn't planning on it. I have said yes so many times to alcohol when I didn't want to or didn't plan on drinking in my life. So surprisingly, when I was trying to lose weight and drink less, people pleasing was one of the main barriers to to my success in that. And you'd think it would be the food or the alcohol itself, yeah. but Really, um, I had the knowledge and motivation to eat better, but I spent so much time worrying about what other people wanted that I would change my behavior to make them happy. I used to make, oh my God, I think about, like I was always, I've always been interested in health, but I would make things like pizza rolls, macaroni and cheese, like the store-bought dollar macaroni and cheese, uh, pasta for dinner when I had planned on making something healthier. Um, If someone brought me something they made, I always ate it because I didn't want to disappoint them. I always had an alcoholic beverage when we went out to restaurants because I didn't want other people to feel bad that they were drinking alone. I did that a lot. <laughs> right? Like, oh, I don't want you to feel yeah. bad you're drinking all by yourself. So yeah. Right? It sounds ridiculous yeah. saying it out loud, but I really was all up in their heads and in, the, in their business trying to make sure that nobody ever felt bad for any reason ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that brings us, right? I don't want to be a people pleaser anymore. Yeah. So we got to learn to be able to say no. So Kisa, why, why is it so important to say no? Oh, goodness. That's a great question. You're asking great questions today, Mary. <laughs> I hope, I hope we're giving our listeners good answers. <laughs> um, so when I say yes to everything, I find I overcommit my time and energy, leaving me exhausted, exhausted, stressed, and unhappy. I also get upset with myself for overcommitting and I'm not saying no when I don't have the time or energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of aware of that I say yes a lot and I tend to overcommit my time right. and thus energy. It also takes away time from my family. And I find that when I say no to things that I don't want to do, um, I leave space available for the yes things in my life and the things that I truly want to do. I also feel a lot better when I say no to obligations or to people when I really don't want to do it. And it, you know, I feel stronger as a person and that my time is valued and I feel like I have given myself value as a person. Oh yeah. You know, it shows that like when I can say no, it shows that I value my time and I don't just give my time away to anybody for anything. Right. Um, just like before, when I asked my husband to help be responsible for dinner a couple nights a week, I felt so much better about myself. Like it hadn't even happened. Like he hadn't even made a dinner <laughs> and I already felt better, you know, <laughs> just knowing the fact that like I had listened to myself and said no to something that I didn't want to do. Feels so good. And, you know, it just felt so good even though I knew it was going to be like a hard conversation to have and it was you know I was going to feel uneasy about it (laughs) you know that was 
pretty much what was stopping me is, you know, having that uneasy conversation and kind of like, what is his reaction going to be? Oh my gosh. Um, but it's, it was so worth it. You know, like he hadn't even made a dinner and I felt better. Um, yeah. And so I, you know, like me saying no or me asking for help had, you know, created value in my life and in myself and self-confidence as well. Fantastic. I know saying no makes room for so many things. Um, and I'm also a much happier person because it's helped me become more focused on the work I want to be doing, right? When I don't have all this other, you know, all these other obligations that I've said yes to, I can just focus on what I want to be doing. It helps mm-hmm. other people know what I like and I don't like. Um, yeah. It's really nice. I don't have to rely on them to read my mind and know what I'm interested in. And I know we talked yeah. about this on our last podcast about boundaries, but I think Maya Angelou says it best. You know, you teach people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. So when my husband asks me to, or simply implies that I should do something. I can just say no. I can be honest about it. Mm-hmm. And then he actually knows that I don't want to. Cause before I wasn't telling him I was just doing it. <laughs> honestly, sometimes I think our partners are like, no, they love doing that. And you're like, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. Why do you think I like it? And they're like, cause you do it all the time. Right. Cause we just didn't say, I hate this. So yeah. I think doing it. That's so true. And I think, I don't know, for me, it's like, you know, I was taught never to complain, you know, you mm-hmm. just do your work and you don't complain about it. So that's, you know, that's what I do. You know, I just, whatever, clean the shower. And I don't complain about it. I love cleaning the shower, right, which I, it. I will say that we have a new shower in one of our, ba- our bathrooms and it's glorious and amazing. And I do love cleaning it now, but I used to hate like the one before I hated cleaning it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you love that. You do it all the time. No, yeah. that is not, let me be clearer, <laughs> clearer in my life. Right. And then, and then we stop agreeing to things we don't want to do. We stop people pleasing, Mm -hmm. know what I want, what I really don't want to do. Um, Plus when we're constantly saying yes to things because we think we have to, we really begin to resent the people who are asking it of us. Like it's really good news. I don't have to resent my husband anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds sounds kind of funny, but it's true. Like I, if I just say no to things, I don't have to blame my lack of free time or feeling like nobody values my time on the people around me. Mm-hmm. I know instead, and I value it. And we want that for all of you. We want you to be a priority, to value yourself and your time, and to be able to turn down offers that you are not interested in. Yeah. It is worth it. It makes your life better. It's so worth it. And so we talked about why, right? So the cases talk to us about when we should be saying no. Okay, when? So basically, you want to ask yourself if you really want to do something that is being asked of you. Like, That's a good question. Do I want to? And yeah, and I think a lot of times we don't even stop and ask ourselves, like, oh, do I really want to do this? We just, you know, we feel obligated or we just have that habit of always saying yes because we're people pleasing or we don't want to cause uh, conflict or confrontation. And so we don't even stop and ask ourselves, like, oh, do I really want to do this? Yeah. Um, do you really want, like, do you truly want to do this? Do you really want to spend your time and your energy on it? Mm-hmm. And if you're not coming from a place of love and wanting to do something, then you will not enjoy doing it. And like Mary mentioned before, if you don't really want to do something, but are doing it out of obligation, people pleasing, or not wanting to hurt someone's feelings, you may build up resentment against that person you're helping. So an area in my life where I found it so beneficial to say no um, was to my daughter and her activities. Mm, And yeah, it's so hard to say no to your babies, especially when they're really cute, you know, Mm -hmm. like God, you know, babies are cute for a reason. (laughs) So you'll take care of them. So you'll take care of them. But then it's like, they ask you for things and you're like, how do I say no to that face? Mm. Like I have to say no, but how am I going to do this? <laughs> so, um, Antonia had been taking a gymnastics class as well as a life skills group, yeah. which required, I mean, she's at the age where I have to be there and I participate right. in activities. So they're like an hour each. 
And my daughter is a very social child and she loves her time at gymnastics as well as her life skills class. And she um, interacts with the other kids there. And as a mother, I want her, I want to expose her to different activities and experiences that support, support her growth and development. And at these activities, she talks, interacts with um, the kids. And she also like is a place for her to kind of run free, especially at gymnastics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just like, they have this huge gym and like everything's like padded. Like there's really little nice. that they could hurt themselves on. And so like, I obviously stay with her, but you know, she's like run free. And uh, this was, you know, this was great when I was working part time and Antonio was going to the babysitter like one or two days a week for a few hours. Um, so it gave her like other social outlets. Um, and let's be honest, when mama needed someone else to entertain her child for an hour, there's like other kids there to entertain my child. Like, sure. Yes, let's go. Nice. <laughs> But once I started working full-time and Antonia was in daycare full-time, her activities started to become not so much fun for me. I scheduled my work hours around her activities, and I'd feel rushed to get her from her activity to daycare and then get myself home to work or to meet a client. So I decided that we would only do one activity a week. Yeah. And now this is definitely hard for me to say no to my daughter, but I knew that it would be better for the both of us in the long run. Yeah. And, you know, I decided to stick with the gymnastics because she loves climbing on things and running around and she's just such an active baby. And, you know, the life skills group was, it's kind of this, um, I guess, self-supported group. It's not, um, like there's no commitment and like you just go every week if you want to and they ask you to bring supplies and stuff for the activity. So I figured that, you know, we'll stick with the gymnastics and then if I have time and energy that week, we could go to the life skills class. But it wasn't an obligation. It's pretty much like we're not doing it, but if for some reason we want to, we can go. Um, So now we have one activity a week and I feel so much better and I enjoy going to her gymnastics class and I love seeing her jump on the trampoline or hanging on the bars or touching her toes to the bar. And it's pretty amazing because I'm happy um, being at that one activity with her versus being like, oh my gosh, I have such all these obligations and just like kind of stressing out about it. So, right. Yeah. And I love that example. Cause I bet in the long run, although it's hard to say no to those activities, the fact that you can like truly enjoy the one activity instead of again, resenting that you have to take her to all of those activities is a win. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when should we say no? Uh, honestly, I think it's a great practice to start saying no to all kinds of things right now. <laughs> Everything. Just stop saying sure automatically, right? Are plastic bags okay for your groceries? No. Paper, please. Right? Can you grab that for me? Nope. Can you pick me up after work? Nope. (laughs) Nope. Sorry. Can you get that paper into me by Thursday at noon? No. Right? Like just anywhere where you can say no, I think it's going to feel so weird in the beginning, but anywhere where you can say no and get that practice, it's going to be really important. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we're, we're going to address that, that one question, right? Like sometimes we don't say no because we don't know how. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, right? Like how do you say no? What do you, what do you think, Kisa? What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I, you know, like, I mean, just say no, right? Nancy <laughs> um, no. <laughs> so Reagan would be but, so proud. But <laughs> Right. Just, you know, start small. Use small opportunities to say no, especially to strangers. Um, So for example, you're at the department store paying for a shirt and the cashier says, if you sign up for our credit card today, you'll save 20% Mm -hmm. off your purchase. And you're like, you know, like in my head, I'm like, yeah, 20% off, blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, oh, wait, I don't sign up for store credit cards. Like that's my thing. I just don't. 
So now, so you can like, that would be an opportunity. Like, no, Oh no, thanks. You know, like it's a stranger. You don't know her, um, or him. And yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to say no to a stranger versus saying no to your husband or your daughter. So practice, you know, practicing on like kind of those stranger and smaller opportunities to say those no. Where it's not as personal. Kisa and I, yeah. I, I say go for it with everyone, but Kisa may have, it might be, <laughs> might feel better to start with strangers where there's no, yeah. there's yeah. no obligation. Nobody's going to be that upset if you don't sign up for the credit card. Yeah. No one's going to be pissed. Yeah. yeah. That's a great place to practice because salespeople are, they're literally taught how to prey upon people pleasing tendencies. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like, Oh, you have an excuse. Let me counter that excuse. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Really good idea to practice with um, people you're not connected to emotionally. Mm-hmm. And really, I think when we want to know how to say no, we're, we're kind of asking the wrong question. Um, I think saying no is easy. It goes like this. No. right what we really want is to be able to say no in like the nicest way possible so other people won't be upset and therein lies the issue because the real question is how do I say no and get and not get so caught up in what other people are going to think about it Mm -hmm. because the real lesson in practice here is telling someone no and then allowing them to have whatever reaction they're going to have and remembering that you're not responsible for it Right? They get annoyed, frustrated, disappointed. It's not your fault. Yeah. Seriously, not on you. You don't have to say yes just to avoid somebody else's frustration. So how do you say no? There's no. We've got no thank you. We've got no. Sorry about that. Those will work. <laughs> but then you have to let the other person have a reaction. And that's the part yeah. that you practice. Yeah. And um, so when I say no to people, I like to be a little Captain Obvious about it right? I just state the facts. Uh, I work a lot with kids in my office and um, I'll just say no. And then I give them like a really factual explanation why. So when they become upset, I just allow them to be upset. I just hold space for them to have their emotions. And sometimes I'll say something like, I hear you. It can be really frustrating when someone tells you no, right? Like just, just letting them be mad about it. And it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that you shared that with us, Mary. Um, I know that I have a hard time uh, seeing Antonia upset when I say no to something. <laughs> and my first reaction is to, you know, comfort her and help her calm down. Like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Don't be sad. Don't be frustrated. And I know a lot of parents listening can relate to that. We never want to see our child upset. And it's, it's so, you know, it's like when it's your child, it's so different than, you know, another child. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it is okay for them to be upset and to work through their feelings on their own versus having someone kind of save them from their negative feelings. So now I let, you know, if Antonia is upset, I just let her be upset. And, you know, I can still emphasize, empathize, sorry, (laughs) empathize with her and help her recognize her feelings, but I don't try and make her happy necessarily. Yeah. You're just like, I hear you, man. It sucks. Yeah, it does. The kids, I'm like, yeah, I said no. And I, I get it. That sucks. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a bummer sometimes. But the, Mm -hmm. the cool thing is that they eventually learn how to you know, take care of their own emotions and they're not mm-hmm. always relying on you or the lollipop to make them happy. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. In my personal life though, um, a lot of times I don't really offer explanations. I feel like with my clients, I'm kind of teaching them a lesson. And so I'll say, Oh, this is why. Um, okay. But in my personal life, I'm not obligated to explain my reasons for anything to anybody. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. I want to, right. Um, but I want to, if I am going to give explanations, I want to do it because I want to, not because I think they need it. So mm-hmm. like when Nathan, my husband asks me to like watch a movie I don't want to watch or go somewhere I don't really feel like going, I can just say no thanks. And then yeah. he generally also gets an explanation because like he's earned it over time. <laughs> 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 no, thanks. I don't like those kinds of movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's because I want to, I still, I don't have to, I could just say no thanks and that'd be fine. Yeah. Um, but like if someone offers me bread at the restaurant, just no, no, thanks. 
Yeah. You know, they offer you the dessert menu. No, thanks. Clerk yeah. wants you to get a store card. No, thanks. I think it's such it's really good practice to just leave it right there. Yeah. And just leave them wondering too, yeah. you know, like, Oh, well, why doesn't she want bread? Right. <laughs> they probably, are, they probably aren't really even curious, like why you don't want bread. <laughs> well, it's if you think about it, you know, <laughs> the cl- they probably are not. I have had friends though, you know, like if you're like, Oh no, thanks to the bread. Yeah. Yeah. People oh, will ask me. And this is another one where you get to decide if you want to, if you want to, you know, give them an explanation because they're your friend and you love them and you know, they kind of, you want them to know why because they're caring about you. But a lot of times it's just like that. Just not today. <laughs> just don't feel like it. Don't, don't feel like it. Bread. No, thanks. <laughs> like, you do yeah. not, guys, you do not have to explain to anyone why you don't want the bread. Ever. Exactly. Yeah. Ever. Ever. You get to just say no. It's mm. lovely. Brings us to our tips, Kisa. We've got five yeah. hot tips. Nice. <laughs> we have five of them. Five hot tips for you, for you listening in. Um, so the first one, we're going to say this probably a 1 million thousand times. So we thought we'd, yeah. we'd say it again because it's really good news. You are not responsible for other people's feelings. What? Not Did at all. Did you say that, Mary? <laughs> you are not responsible at all. Like I'm responsible for my emotions mm-hmm. and you're responsible for yours. It's so great. That's um, amazing. Yeah, it's great. And so it's really important for us people pleasers, right? Because yeah. I... I like, I really did think I was responsible for making everyone else happy and it's just not true. And it's so freeing. And yeah, I think once you figure out it's a, it's a neat practice to let other people feel their own emotions and just kind of let it go. But man, it's, it's amazing. Um, and then, you know, asking yourself, you know, when this comes to saying no, you know, are you asking yes, just to not hurt someone's feelings? Or are you saying yes, because you truly want to do it mm-hmm. and kind of, checking in with your own wants, not necessarily what they want. True. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Mary. Um, Our second tip is to recognize when you are saying yes. Good call. So yeah, just being aware and, you know, look in your life and notice when and where you are saying yes to things that you really don't want to do. Um, are you people pleasing? Do you just want to not make, uh, cause any conflict or confrontation or you don't want to make any waves? Um, and becoming aware of times you say yes when you really want to say no. And I, de- I yeah, identify why you say yes will help you learn to say no. Yeah. And I think this goes back to, you know, like Kisa's example is a really good one of like just making dinner every night. doesn't feel mm-hmm. like you're saying yes every night. Right. But that is that you, you are technically yeah. saying yes to making dinner every night. Saying yes, I will make you dinner. Mm-hmm. Cause, Cause I'm doing it. <laughs> Cause I'm doing it. I didn't say no. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, so our next tip is to start small, um, practice. This is, I guess, Kisa's, uh, uh, what's it called? Approach. Kisa's <laughs> approach. Uh, I want you to go big, go big or go Mar- home. Mary just wants you to say no to everyone. <laughs> Kisa says start small and she might be right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, you know, each to their own, but you know, no practice, <laughs> practice saying no to small things. Um, do you want your receipt? No. Do you want to buy some Girl Scout cookies? No, thanks. Oh, the Girl Scouts. I know. They're the worst. I mean, oh. they're not the worst. They're the best. They're, they're, they're the very best. great people, but and They're like... so sweet, and it's such a good cause, and I always want the cookies. That is, go find the Girl Scouts and tell them, no, that is your practice right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. Cool. You can always make a monetary donation, you know, like, just oh. throwing that out there. Like, you don't have to. You don't have to take you the Give them money. You don't have to take the cookies. You can just think of it as, like, a donation. Um, just putting that out there. Kisa just blew my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. Yeah. Start small. So do you want to go to the party on Saturday? No, you, uh, you can go ahead without me. Um, so saying no to smaller things will help build your no muscle and get you in the practice of consciously thinking, do I want this? Um, Oh, and then, this is funny. I like, as I'm writing this, I have this story about my dad. Um, and we went to, we just recently got back from a trip to Bali yeah. and my parents met us there and my dad's like, 
like I definitely take after my dad, but he's, you know, very quiet and he has a really, really, really hard time saying no. And, uh, my mom found these postcards like in the place we were staying. And she's like, you know, like asking like, Oh, whose postcards are these? You know, where'd you get these? Are, does, are these anybody's? And I'm just like, we're like, no, they're not ours. And we figured out that they're my dad's. And another thing you should know about my dad is that he would never, ever, ever write a postcard without <laughs> somebody, like without my mom being like, you need to write this postcard, right? And handing him the postcard. Like he would never go out and buy postcards and like write a postcard to somebody. Like that would never happen. So we're like, why do you have these postcards, dad? <laughs> and there, uh, we had gone to the, like these rice fields and you can like walk in these rice fields. It's beautiful. Um, but there are these girls, um, kind of like maybe like eight, eight year old selling postcards. And they of course asked my dad like, Oh, do you want some postcards? And my dad said, yes. Like, what is he going to do with postcards? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. But yeah, he just couldn't say no. But that would be like, you know, a small way, a small start to say no is, mm -hmm. you know, the, the girl asking the you postcards. for postcards. You don't <laughs> have to buy them. You could give yeah. a monetary donation. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, you could give a monetary donation. Money. <laughs> okay, so on to our next tip is um, asking, you know, is there another way I can help? Yeah. So there may be times that you really want to help somebody, but you don't want to do exactly what they're asking of you. So maybe it's a charity event or a function at your kid's school. You may be asked to sell fundraiser tickets. And to me, that's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd be like, uh, no, thanks. Um, but you know, truthfully, like I'd really like to help out with the fundraiser, but I don't want to sell tickets. And so in this case, you could ask if there's another way that you can help. Um, so I recently had an experience where my, um, good friends of ours were moving from one house to another uh, and it's just, I don't want to say down the road, but maybe like 15 minutes away. Mm -hmm. Um, and my husband asked if I wanted to help with the move and I thought it over for a few minutes and, you know, like, did I really want to help them move? And my response was, um, no. <laughs> No, thanks. Because um, <laughs> I was thinking in my head, like the logistics of moving and having Antonia with us and how um, the two just didn't sound like a good idea. You know, like packing boxes and moving boxes with a toddler, you know. But I did want to help. Like, I understand moving. I know it's difficult to move. And I did want to help. So I asked my friend, you know, like, um, well, I asked myself, you know, like, okay, like, what other way could I help out? And they have a daughter the same age as Antonia. So I'm just like, oh, I can watch their daughter and, you know, get that way. She's not kind of like running around their feet while they're moving. So I'd be glad to watch their daughter. And then Antonia and her can hang out. They'll be safe. <laughs> they won't yeah. be, you know, in the way. And that's what I did. And they were like super grateful for it too. They're like, oh yeah, that'd be awesome if you would watch it, you know, our daughter. Yeah, and, sweet. You know, it was a win-win situation. So yeah. Very nice. So you didn't just say like, nope, no thanks. <laughs> like maybe no. watch their daughter instead. No, I didn't that's say, nice. I didn't say no thanks. I just, you know, it was like, you know, like I truthfully, like it just sounded like a logistical, I don't want to say nightmare, but right. toddler and moving. It's like, uh... Like, what's another way I can help out? Like, oh, I can watch their daughter. Duh. So. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. Well, on to our last tip. Don't offer excuses or explanations if you don't want to. Because guess what, guys? You don't have to. You are not obligated to explain your reasons for everything you do. Uh, sometimes you just don't want to, and that's fine. When you offer explanations, it implies that we can have a conversation with you about your reasons. So it, like, gives us an in to convince you otherwise. I always feel like the more I offer explanations, uh, like it, it gives other people opportunities to like ask me questions about my why, like why, well, why don't you want to eat bread? Oh, 
you know, are you trying to lose weight? Are you counting calories? Like all of these questions and you're like, fine, I'll just have the bread. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So just easier. Just like, nah, no thanks. Right. And your excuse yeah. doesn't have to be good enough. Yeah. It's just not feeling like you want to say yes is a good enough reason. And those are our tips, folks. And that's all we've got for you today. Hopefully it was a lot of helpful information. Thanks for being awesome as always and listening in. And if you'd like to know more about dealing with stress without binging with alcohol or food, you can contact myself, Mary, at Facebook at Mary Preston LMFT, Instagram at Mary Elise Preston, or on my website at MaryEliesePreston.com. And Kisa's got tons of health and nutrition information at her Instagram at Clean Living underscore Dirty World, or Facebook at Kisa Amaro, comma, Health Coach, to get meal inspirations and you guys got to check out her new website, kisaamaro.com. And all those links will be below in our notes. So if you've got any questions or comments, definitely let us know via Facebook, Instagram, in the comment section below. We will for sure answer them. And we might just make a podcast just for you. Yeah, definitely. We love questions. They like make our day. I'm not like light not lying right here. Light us up, you guys. <laughs> Invite us up, folks. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see you in the next show. Okay. Bye. Antonia, do you want to go to bed? No. Do you want some broccoli? No. Do you want some ice cream? No. Do you want a million dollars? No. Do you want to jump up and down? No. Do you want to read some books? No. Hmm. Do you want a granola bar? No. Okay. Do you want your teddy bear? Oh, you want bear? Okay.